0: How do we know if something is a coincidence or if it's God? You know what I'm talking about? Those little things, those out of nowhere things, those weird things, those odd things that just seem like it's it's just too convenient. When I was having the conversation with listener Stephanie, uh, we talked about this idea of things in our life that we we feel like have some kind of meaning but we don't want to over-attribute it to God if it's just random, but we also don't want to miss God if it's not random. And the thing that I realized is sometimes we, <laughs> we keep falling into our over-emphasis of knowledge. We want to know. We want to be sure. And what we might have before us is an opportunity to simply be, to just be in the presence of God, to be in the state of seeking God. And so it it becomes less an issue of definitively discerning if a thing is God doing a thing and more saying, hey, God, I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to experience you. So if this thing is an opportunity for me to be made aware that you are real, then I'm going to take it. If this event or seeing this number or somebody saying this word makes me stop and pause and ask a few questions, I'm going to take that as, as more than enough gift in and of itself. And if God does want to use a thing to really overemphasize, he can and he will. Uh, but what can it look like to, instead of trying to know and understand, position ourselves to simply be with God and to seek God? Uh, I got to experience this last week. If you've been listening, you know that I lost my job, was unemployed for a while, and then God called me into full time missions. Uh, And it has been an exciting but also challenging journey. And one of the most challenging elements is learning I need to continue to shake off some of the old expectations that the world had had on me, particularly around vocation. Um, You know, expectations around what work looks like, what is success, what As being productive? What is being responsible? And when you're serving in missions and your boss is God, the answer to those things is not as clear-cut as we think it might be. And so I was wrestling with this idea of, am I being responsible right now? (laughs) And uh, God spoke through a number of uh, things that one morning, and, and particularly he reminded me of the conversation I had with Don Coleman, where Don said, You don't work for an organization. You work for God. So what is your boss God telling you to do? And that really hit me. I realized, I mean, it it was true when I was working at a place, but it's all the more true now that I'm a missionary. I work for God. God is my boss. So what is my boss telling me to do? And so I asked God, I said, okay, uh, boss, what am I doing today? And then I just waited for the little nudges. I didn't question them. uh, I just went with it. My schedule for that day, I had plans. They got thrown off by a number of things. Uh, One of those things had me um, dropping something off to my wife just down the street. And as I was walking back, I was actually, uh, it was the day that I was going to be recording this, and I felt this nudge to invite uh, the house church that I've been attending to pray for it. But then I felt this nudge, uh, like God was saying, don't wait um, to do this later. Do it now. In fact, I want you to go this way uh, on the specific sidewalk, stop in the shade and do it there. Right. And this wasn't an audible voice. It was just this little sense. And so I followed it. I didn't question it. And I sat there on the sidewalk typing out uh, this prayer request. The moment I finished, I looked up and coming down the porch from a friend's house uh, was a friend of mine, Marion. And the timing was just little too convenient. And we prayed together. And the moment we finished praying, my friend Chris Lee was walking up. (laughs) And so we prayed together. And then the moment we finished, I look up and there's Don Coleman sitting in the car. He had Chris and been talking, looking at me standing on the sidewalk, typing on my phone. (laughs) He and I prayed together. And I continued throughout the day to just follow these little nudges that the world could say were coincidences. But I decided to take as an opportunity to seek God and to be present with God. Well, you're about to hear the story of, in the world's eyes, what would be a wild and crazy coincidence. But if you've been listening to the last two episodes, you know that this is not a coincidence. God has been at work. And in this third act, God is about to show just how powerful he is. But also he is about to show... That he is not just calling us to be full in him. He is calling us to function together as a body. We are not meant to have these things happen in our individual lives that are transformative. We are called to function and transform as a body. And Kyle and John's story is an amazing example of that. So you are listening to episode 20 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Something, a, a theme that's been coming up a lot um, in my life, but also in a lot of conversations I've had with people is that Christ calls us, um, says, if you want to follow me, you need to, to die um, to yourself. You need to die like, even to your own life. You need to die to everything but me. And I was reflecting on that today, and it's not that Jesus is this cruel uh, you know, dictator who wants you to suffer to prove that you want to follow him. It's not that. It's so that Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, realized that we had a wrong understanding of life, a wrong un- understanding of who we are, um, and that we have this tendency to continue to operate in that space that, you know, we're good enough, we're smart enough, that life is what we think it is. And what he wanted us to realize is it's it's wrong, and that's you're, it, that's never going to satisfy. But if you die to those things, if you die to your understanding, if you die to your rights, if you dive into your life and follow me, you're actually gonna find full life. And so it's, what's amazing about both your stories is within this kind of same season, uh, you both hit these places of, of helplessness, of, of hopelessness, of like, you know, feeling like there's, I can't even lift my head or like I failed my father, like these things where it's like you saw kind of limitations of your own humanity. And yet, you know, it's like that phrase, but God. God was so good that he was right there in those spaces in ways that you realized at the time or in ways that you didn't realize till later. And you both have shared, you know, being able to operate in this space that made no sense. You talked about this piece, John, that defied understanding. And God brought you both through this journey that um, I want to come back to this one one specific and special night john you had gone to easton fellowship reckless love wrecked you <laughs> yeah you felt like you know what i'm gonna go to house church yes and you go to house church so let's pick up the story there
1: yeah house church was unlike anything else that i've experienced as well i walked in there there were kids smiling and playing um and then there was food being prepared in the kitchen at the time. This was Chris Lee's house. And uh, this was even before I even uh, understood Chris Lee's a pastor of the church. <laughs> I just knew him as Chris Lee at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I walk in there. Uh, there are some chairs. And I, sit, I sat in one of those chairs. And they filled up very quickly. And people walked in there. They were smiling. And they were discussing what had happened. And then they also came out and introduced themselves to me. As, they, um, as members of that house church rec- uh, recognize, I'm not, I'm not a regular, you know. And so um, I'm the kind of person that really likes to sit back and watch mm-hmm. before I open my mouth. Um, so I sat there and I just kind of listened, and uh, they were just these very powerful conversations. People were very honest about their faults, and uh, that moved me in the church. Like people were talking about what. Was bothering them. What they, what what, was something that they couldn't get over. Uh, and then we sang, uh, and then we prayed, and it was just an intimate setting. It was uh, it was different. I almost <laughs> didn't know how to feel at the time. I was paying attention to the prayer. I was pay, I was paying attention to how I felt, uh, and I was just enjoying and just soaking it all in, you know, at that moment. And just kind of piecing myself together, but at some point, Gigi came over to me, and I didn't know it was Gigi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she's like, "Hey, are you? Aren't you that doctor that works at a VCU hospital?" And I, I and then I said, uh, "I work at VCU." And then I looked at her, and then everything just kind of clicked. Mm. It was like, it was like I was. Going one direction, all of a sudden, I came to a screeching help, and then that the direction of my path had changed, and everything came back to me—the neuroscience ICU, her, like ex- just being joyous at Kyle's healing. Kyle, all of those things came back to me at that moment. It was like this whirlwind of oh, you know, this this is a uh, this is amazing that I'm running into Gigi here. You know, I had never in a million years thought that I would be running into Gigi in a house church setting Mm -hmm. at that time when I was to even be in a house church setting. To be in a house church in the first place. Um it was that in itself was amazing. And I believe it was at this point. It's all a whirl, whirl whirlwind to me, but I do remember this, the the this very moment. And there was no like air that's like blowing
0: (laughs) like you know in those movie scenes or anything but
1: but this moment was slow motion to me in particular because Kyle had gotten up from his seat and he was walking towards me and uh, my mind just did not want to just could not register that it was Kyle as he was walking towards me it was just like at like 25% 50% (laughs) it was struggling to to fit this young man with that man that was like lying in the, in the hospital bed uh, and just unable to move himself and just seeing his, you know, the stride, just seeing the steps being taken I didn't even realize he was this tall you know, mm-hmm. as well because he's always been lying down there was a lot of like exclamation marks in my head as he walked over and uh, he basically, you know, reaches out To shake my hand, and he's like, "I'm hey, I'm Kyle. Do you remember me?" And when he talked, it was unlike the Kyle that I heard uh, back. I I remembered his voice. There was like this slight lisp, and there is, and it was very hard for me to understand. So there were many moments when I went back to talk to Kyle. uh, I would ask him to repeat himself, and it was frustrating because he would have to tell me over and over again, like he wants water. He wants water, but like. Even, like, he couldn't even gesture like he wanted water. He couldn't even gesture, mm-hmm. he couldn't even point to the cup sometimes. So, just to hear that clear voice, and then to look into his eyes and and recognize that there were no, like, eye deviations. Both of his eyes were fixated on me. And then they blinked, and it was just, it was complete. it just blew me away at that moment. And... I was filled with the, I don't even know if the word is force, I was forced to reckon that this is another miracle of God and God had brought me to that house church to basically take my face and go, look, another miracle that you didn't believe in. Uh, And he's like, you being here, you meeting this Kyle who's walking up to you, that's me." And, uh, you know, um, you're, you're about to find out why you went through all that suffering in your life. Mm-hmm. And so like, that was kind of the realization that I had at that moment. And, uh, I was overjoyed and at some point I just hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hugged this, uh, former patient of mine and I, uh, I would be violating all kinds of HIPAA yeah. agreements today <laughs> if it were not for the permission that was given by Kyle <laughs> over here. Yeah. And, uh, it was just uh, it was amazing just embracing uh, this man, and uh, I just felt this connection like uh, there's a reason why we're supposed to meet, and I couldn't find out I couldn't wait
0: to find out you know, that night. So here you were. It's your first night at this house church. You were only there because you happened to get a text from somebody who was on a train somewhere else yeah. at a time where you were looking for a church, mm-hmm. and then you met Leslie and then Leslie told you about House Church yes. and here you were and you see Kyle yeah. Kyle why were you there that night
2: um it's no it's no explanation for why I was there it was um it was very similar it was uh it was basically um being at home um I didn't I didn't have a a church a, a home church I would say I've always had a home church and I've been in and out church and I Always been the religious type. I always knew God had a plan for my life, but it was just one night where Gigi just was like, "Do you want to try this thing called house church?" Mm-hmm. And I was I was so confused so I'm like, "What is house church?" <laughs> I, I had no idea it was, it was such a thing um, until Eastern Fellowship. When I when I kind of stumbled um, to the house church, we spent time in there, um, and I kept looking at this guy, and it's like once you have a brain injury. They tell you that your memory might be fuzzy sometimes, so I'm like, okay, I know this guy from somewhere in my life. I've known a lot, of, seen a lot of people, but again, I'm like, I don't think I've never spent time with this guy. And I'm like, in my mind, I cannot put two and two together where I know John from. And it's like I'm sitting there, and it's like she's trying to talk to me, Gigi's trying to talk to me, but not to be rude, I'm not really paying attention to her. Um, I kind of hear like Christy and them in the background talking and prayer, and I love the the feeling, the mood. But my eyes are fixed fixed on this guy right here. Like I was, it's like a jaguar looking at his prey. <laughs> I was staring him down, and he didn't see me. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. didn't feel terrible, or awkward or weird, but it just was like. It was something in my heart, and it was like you know, you know. Have you ever w- went into like a Walmart or a, a mall? You might see somebody you know. You might wave at them. You might just keep walking. Like ah, I know him from my past, but it's it has it's never been like this before. It's it's something that made me stare at him and made me figure out where I knew him from. And and it's like I closed my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I didn't see his face no more. I seen him standing at my bedside. Mm. I seen his face right over top of me when I was in the bed. And that's when it clicked in my mind. This was the guy that I liked out of everybody in the hospital. Mm. And, and then and I kinda it's like I was like, you know, the little high school when he whispers to my I was like, Gigi, I think I think I think <laughs> I know him. I think I know him. Was he in the hospital? She was like, oh no, you know, Gigi, she's really excited, she'll go talk to anybody. So yeah. she just kinda walked up to him. And then that's when she asked him, like, "Were you in VCU?" And when they were talking, I still was looking at him the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, "I, can't believe it." But I knew it was. It's nothing. It was nothing but God. Mm-hmm. It is nothing but God. And and I encourage people, myself, in times of doubt, in times of need, in times of worry, I remember John, and I remember that there is a plan in this world, and it's mm-hmm. it's the way God maneuvers things to happen in this world. Um even like atheist friends I have and stuff like that, it's, I let people know what are the odds, and I share my story with a few, quite a few people just to influence them, or I don't try to push anything on anybody, but let them know what happened to me. And it's like, what are the odds that this night, because it could have been the same night he went to house church on that Halloween or the following week, what was the odds of this same guy that had rotations in Northern Virginia Hospital that didn't happen to have a rotation this Sunday. Um, what were the odds of him not being able to make it because he had to go do something else on a Sunday? What are the odds, it's so many different things that could have happened for me and him not to have our first time there. And this was literally our both of our very first time there. Mm-hmm. And both of our very first times there, we have seen each other, mm-hmm. ran into each other, and it was just amazing. Now, I, I kind of remember and realize, okay, I, I looked up, and it's like I still ask him now, and I, I love him for it. I was like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. I went through what I went through. What happened to me happened to me, but it's a plan, yeah. and I trust in you. Yeah. And that's just, we got to trust him no matter what. It's hard sometimes, not just trusting him, trusting in anything, but knowing that he has a plan. Mm-hmm. And like you say, sometimes we got to die for it. Not... Per se, actually dying, but mm-hmm. I was really close. I guess yeah. you could say <laughs> I was fairly close, yeah. but I, I know he has a plan, no matter what. It, it was amazing. Well what it is amazing.
0: What's amazing? So, gosh, there's so many things going through my mind. Um, one, it, so you had mentioned like, what are the odds? And like, legitimately, like so much of y'all's story, what, what are the odds? What are the odds you survive? What are the odds? What are the odds you both on the first night you go to house church and like y'all both there? Um, and then this thought came to my mind that on a human level, that's a legitimate question, what are the odds? On a spiritual level, what are the odds that God will work? It's it's always 100%. Like if we invite God in, it says seek and you will find. It's 100% that if you invite God into something that he's going to work and move. And so we got to, I mean, it's another shout out to Gigi because I, I'm thinking back to like her and I imagine others, but in this story, like, she invited God into that space that you two then connected in, that led months later to this moment in house church. And the other thing is the, the, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, um, and that, that the Holy Spirit is at work and exists even if we realize it or not. There's a power at work within us, but... The reason that that specifically pops by mind because I remember that night at house church because I was there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was my first time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was, but I was there, and I remember because I feel like you were sitting in the corner in mm-hmm. like this like papasan like chair, yes. y'all were on the sofa mm-hmm. over uh, by the bay windows. The corner, yeah. And what's hilarious is this specific house church night was meaningful for me as well. And I actually mention it in uh, one of my earlier episodes of the podcast. It's called Unity in the Pit. Because I remember the same thing you talked about, John, that there was something powerful about that night, the way that people were sharing. And there was a lot of hurt and brokenness that this house church was going through. People had lost jobs. People were in the hospital. People this, that, and the other. And yet there was this sense that God was calling us to know that he was real and he was powerful. And the sense that I got, and this is what I end up sharing in, in that episode of the podcast, is there is this verse. So prior to that night, I had felt a lot of attack. Um, before we recorded this, John and I were sitting on the porch and even talking about how there are moments where we feel like we're doing what God's calling us to do, and then like the enemy is right there, ready to distract us, ready to knock us down, ready to knock us off track. And I had been living in that place uh, and just feeling the weight of it, and God brought this verse to me, and I... Uh, I don't have it memorized, but it's something to the effect of the, you know, the enemy as like a lion prowling the streets looking for someone to devour. Resist him, um, standing firm, knowing that the body of believers um, also goes through similar struggles. Something to that effect, but the core of it was, one, the enemy is real and trying to distract us from God. But two, we can stand because of the body of believers. We can stand because the body is also going through the same kind of sufferings and the struggles. And because we have this shared suffering together and shared sufferings with Christ, we have this power in unity. And what I love about y'all's stories is that, you know, here you two are like sitting next to each other, calling each other brothers on several occasions, y'all are like patting each other on the back or like, there's like really just tender moments of just like love and affection and friendship. Um that really kicked off on this night of house church, right? That where you suddenly were together out of the context of the house uh, hospital. It was your first moment of being able to connect as, as two people. And you came to that moment months prior, um, John feeling like you were in a place where there's just a brokenness around family. And Kyle feeling like you were in a place where there's brokenness in friendships. There is betrayal, there is pain. And in this moment, it was almost like God was saying, you want family? Let me show you what family can look like. You want friends? Let me show you what friendship can look like. Where are you today? Who is God today?
1: I've actually thought a lot about, how do I explain this to the non-believers? Like myself, what I used to be. How do I explain this to the cynics? There is this faith element that we always reject. It's everywhere in life. It's in it's in the very objective confines of science in which if you're, uh, if you're leading a certain laboratory and you have a certain vision for what you want to study, there's going to be some element of like, I believe, like I'm going to look at this particular thing, mm-hmm. it's going to yield big results. And if you don't have that belief, you just look at the evidence, you're going to get stuck in a cycle. Mm. Um, there's even a famous little uh, subplot in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm-hmm. in which uh, the, the the characters in the book build this all-intelligent supercomputer asks the computer what is the meaning of life. And the computer computes for thousands of years. I don't remember the exact years. And basically they have a celebration when it says it has the answer. And the answer it gives is 42. And so... What is the meaning of life? What does that even mean? What does that question even mean? The question directs the answer. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you exactly asking? And so, uh, I began to understand that our emotions, our faith, kind of drives everything in life, not so much the rationality. The rationality is something that we come in to sweep up and explain our faith or belief systems. And so, it's like everything that we do with reason. A great deal of it is rationalization for the thoughts that we're having. Uh, there's a lot of realizations that I've been having, um, but namely, God is real, um, there are miracles that happen. Uh, and I started to look for those things, and as you mentioned, uh, as a new Christian, I have definitely been, it hasn't been all rosy. Prior to the testimony uh, that I gave at the church. Uh, I tried reaching out to Kyle uh things happened we couldn't get in touch uh i for some reason, I felt super unmotivated as well as uh I felt like I had to get out of the city of Richmond. I had to take refuge from it because of all the some uh, some certain sentiments that I was feeling. I went with a friend a good friend of mine, but he just kept saying these hurtful things uh and in that setting and uh, I I forgave him for all this hurtful things that he said in that setting because of his intentions and everything but it was just not a good state and I kept being as the date of the um, testimony approached I just kept want, thinking that there was these whispers like this is a bad idea mm-hmm. Like you are you're a professional you don't go out there and talk about your faith uh, <laughs> you have a reputation to protect like and it's just like, Kyle hasn't even like reached out to you this week. Like these whispers are just happening, and I'm just like, gotta you know gotta break those out. And at some point, I was like, you know, I'm gonna have to reach out to Kyle, and just call him and just tell him like what's going on. And right before I could do that, I got a phone call from Kyle, <laughs> and uh, the timing of it, I was just, I was literally like, no, no. I was like, I pick up the phone. I was going <laughs> to dial Kyle because we've been texting a lot of those yeah. conversations. We, we haven't been really talking. I was like, I'm going to call him because like, it's like 10.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. You don't normally call people at 10.30 p.m. It's rude, but I felt compelled like I had to do it because like I was like, all these things are getting in the way of that testimony. I'm going to call him up and kind of express my discontent and like how we're not getting in touch. And I pick up the phone. I just opened it. I was about to dial and then boom, mm-hmm. that's when... Kyle reached out to me. So, yeah, it's, um, I think um, the enemy is real. That's another thing that I realized as soon as I realized uh, God is real, is that the enemy is real. And he is no joke. Um, he's not, he's very creative. So, I don't agree with some of the sentiments that people may have about the enemy. They, I think they severely underestimate him. Uh, he had, but, he who is in me, I'm going to misquote this is greater than anyone or anything else. And uh, th- that's the bottom line, but the enemy is powerful. There is no denying it. And uh, he knows the buttons to push. and uh, he knows when you're about to spread the word of God in an effective manner, and he's going to try to eliminate you in the process. Yeah. you, Kawe, Where are you today?: <sighs> Who's God today? I'm just uh, One word would be
2: astounding reason I say that is, um, so God obviously put John in my life for a reason. There's so many signals to show why John's supposed to be here. So many things that triggered that he's supposed to be around me. Um, But it's, so the first few times that I sat down with John, I I was more compelled to actually share, I share my life with John. I don't open up to even, and I'm sorry to say this, like siblings or my mother as much as I opened up with John. Mm -hmm. like I literally tell him everything. And the first few times I was compelled to tell him my situations, he's always had a five to 10 times version of what's going on in my life. So it's like sometimes you've had people that try to look for those quotes online or try to look for those quotes on Google or try to find out what's the answer to my problem. John has been the answer to everything. And it's amazing, it's like when I come to him about something that's going on in my life, he lets me know. He always starts it off with a calm. it's gonna be okay. I've, I've never really believed in it's gonna be okay um, because it's just a statement, but he's actually given me why it's gonna be okay. And the why is very important um, because he's been through a lot of the things that I've seen myself, that I go through um, and things I even learned to not go through, and I'm very appreciative for that. So I know that he is around for a reason. Even the dreams. Um, I share this with you. I don't, I don't. I'm not. I'm not shameful. Um, it was a situation where I'm getting smaller. I lost a lot of weight. Uh, I'm very. I'm in the professional uh, financial field now, and um, a lot of my clothes wasn't fitting anymore. So, John called me up uh, a few days before. He was like, you know, I'm moving. Um, my neighbors are making too much noise above me. So, he was like, you going to help me move? Of course I'm going to help you move. John, you were here for me. through it all. <laughs> so, he, we cleaned out. We cleaned out his closet, the bedroom. And we I helped him move everything. And he was like, hmm, I don't even. What what size shirt do you wear, Kyle? <laughs> and it was like, I was like, why? Why, why does it matter? He was like, because I have these button-ups and I do not wear them. And it just so happened that these button-ups were like the size that I was literally trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So he just gave me like a a, a handful of shirts and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm very appreciative because it's like everything has been perfect timing. When he's like little things that he shares with you, like the phone call. When I picked up and called him, he told me, Kyle, I was just about to call. I didn't really literally know that. He was literally about to call me Mm -hmm. until sitting down with you guys. (laughs) Like, it's everything, and that's how God works. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. puts things in paths, blockades, different things in your life. He is the ultimate hand that controls the many paths. We have the free will to make the decisions that we want in life, but I realize that God puts so many different things in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, John has been like, One of the, if not the most amazing thing that I've even heard of, because I've heard of many things on YouTube or online, people going through things. But I've I've had my own miracle, Mm -hmm. not only living a second time, but now having a a person to help me live. As long as sometimes I have to remind myself, as long as I got God there, Jesus with me, what do I have to really worry about? Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep checking up with the doctors. I'm going to talk to John all the time. But what do I really have to worry about? He brought me back a second time he can do a lot more things than that john if i would give john one word he is a reminder not that god is real but god is loving Mm -hmm. and he gives opportunities and sometimes we don't realize how unconditional his love is no matter how many mistakes we make because jesus died for that right and and uh, I, I wanna brag on him too, cause he, he he died for nothing, for everybody else. He could've lived his life. He tempted by everything we went through in life. And after all the temptations he went through, continued to die for everything that we mess up with in life. So it's like, they have that unconditional love. And, and sometimes I just have to have that reminder. And I could literally, I could see John, I've never I've never been able to put anybody's mind I mean anybody's face in my mind. But if you say John, I can see his head pop up. <laughs> I can see I'm just like, you know what? Okay. And that it's like that little motivation to keep going. Just a little more. One more step. Keep going. You got it. And it's just like he's a reminder that it's it's more to this world that we not only know about, but that we hope for. It's more things to strive for.
1: God is love, uh, for me. And if I want to spread God's love to this world, i better be loving people. Uh, And if I don't love people, how can I take God's word and His glory to them? Uh, I cannot. Like, the one thing that me as an intellectual has to give up sometimes is that prayer doesn't require explanation. So, my defense mechanism is to understand how things work. I've learned to do that at the molecular level at the atomic level, and I've learned to do that in at a, at a psychological level and i've that's sort of become my idol throughout my life and so what I've realized is that is limited in itself like there's uh you can only do so much with just observations, which is interesting because. Part of my job is to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to still do a good job. But at the same time, like, I'm also going to be a man of faith.
2: Um, I was going to share this with you. It's kind of funny. So uh, I wasn't at Eastern Fellowship for a few weeks. I had some personal issues um, and I was very ashamed. Something told me the Sunday before our testimony. It was like something within me was like, go to church, Kyle. So the Sunday I went to church, I was just crying. It's like it was, it's, it's you know the the crying feeling. I don't know. I was just like you know, I was I tried to stand in the back, just tearing up and stuff. I just kind of felt it when I walked in the door, and I was like, it's a reason I need to be here today. So we'll around we'll a little bit. Pastor Don met me and John at prayer night, and Pastor Don had a similar situation where he went in a coma, mm-hmm. near death, and he was very similar to my situation. And prayer night, just shout out to prayer night. Every time I've been to prayer night, it's something that happens at prayer night mm-hmm. that is gonna line up and lines up in my life mm-hmm. instantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I am just sit back in awe. So fast forward after he met us in prayer night, that um, day I went to church was the same very first day Pastor Don came back from his sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he got up there and started preaching and it was just, it was just, I'm like, God, you farting. Sometimes I look up there and I'm like, you know what you're doing. Cause he, he knows what he's doing. I've never been the person to turn down prayer. I'm very faithful. But when they, when they got people standing up there and say, if you need extra prayer, I want hands laid on me all day, every day. Cause you can never get enough prayer. So I actually walked up to Miss Leslie with her beautiful dazzling eyes and, and she just grabbed me and she just, she started praying and I started crying while she was praying over me and stuff. And then I was walking back to my seat and I literally walked across the whole church to do this. It's like something in your mind, which is the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to obey, but we must obey. So I got up and I just walked across the room and I talked to her. Right after I was walking to her, I was walking to my seat and Pastor Don like stuck his hand out. He was like, come here real quick. So you, I don't know, were you at the Sunday service before? Mm-hmm. So this is when Pastor Don announced and said, for anybody that, you know, believes, doesn't believe, this guy right here is somebody you need to talk to, him and John. And I could, as soon as he said John, I could see me and John locked eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, you know, you need to talk to these guys after service. And what are the odds? That was the Sunday, very first Sunday before our testimony. So that was just like introducing us to the mm-hmm. church for the people that didn't know who we are. Mm-hmm. And then the following week we had our story. It was just like perfect perfect timing but it's no such thing as perfect as god yeah. he does some amazing things
0: you know how sometimes there's this sense you feel like god's doing something you just can't figure out what it is it but doesn't seem it. to be like yeah working out in the way that you think it should if it's for you yep, yep, yep. and i've come to believe that sometimes that may be because I really believe that there are things that God does in our lives that are for us individually, but oftentimes the complexity and creativity of God means that those are also he's doing so many other things through that. And yeah. we've heard those stories before where God, you know, somebody shares a story of what God did in their life. And suddenly we find out there's this domino effect. Well, I wanna encourage you to, like people have, have heard your story, have watched your story, have watched you too. And I've heard so many people share that they've been encouraged or been challenged, or been inspired by what God's doing in you. And I think you both would even say that it's not even you, like it's That's God right. in you. It's God. And, and so I want to encourage you that God has done amazing things in both of you individually. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a billion more stories. Um, and I even want to say, like, I personally, what I've watched since that house church night and the times that I've gotten to see you, like, John, like, if we had time, like, Man, the story of that, that midsize and how, how encouraging it was just to see you step um, kind of an obedience in obedience and like seeking God. And there's so many amazing stories of how God's done things in both of you individually. Um, but I also believe that God is up to something really big for the church, um, not just Easton Fellowship, but um, the greater church. And I actually, I have written documentation where I was feeling like even back in August and before, I just had this sense that God was doing something big. And then, just like, John, you were saying, you know, when God's at work, the enemy is right there to try to distract us from that. So many things have been happening, you know, up till, till today that, is, that has been there to distract the church from seeing this big move of God. But in the midst of this, this miracle happened. And then this other miracle and this other miracle and then the miracle of you two coming in. Like, there's, there's a story here that I believe God wants people to hear. That God wants people to understand more of who he is through what he did through you two. And I think that's why he pushed you to share at Easton Fellowship on Sunday. I think that's why he pushed me. He put this urge in me to reach out to y'all to say, hey, this is going to sound crazy, but I, I have a podcast. You want to talk about it? And it wasn't because of the story, even though it's a great story. It was legitimately just the sense that God wanted to do something The fact that we were able to be here, that everything worked out, even though I had some mic issues, and I've been feeling like sick and off. Like the last day and a half, all the way up till now, like I've still been sniffling. The fact that we're here, even though things tried to stop it, God is speaking. I'm wearing my He Still Speaks shirt from Easton (laughs) Fellowship, which... I wasn't planning on wearing, but then it just worked. It's another story. (laughs) God is speaking, and he wants people to hear it. Um, And so my encouragement to you, too, is to keep doing what you're doing. Keep on telling people the story of this loving God. Not the story of you or the story of this, that, but this loving God and how he has totally transformed who you understood yourself to be, what you understood life to be, because God wants people to hear that.
2: the Lord in here today. If there ever was a time to celebrate. But hold on real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I want y'all to see something though. You see, John was a natural man who was spiritually dying. And Kyle was a man of faith who his life was hanging in the balance. And the Lord restored both of them to life.
1: And that is something to celebrate. That's something to rejoice in. God, we praise you. God, you get glory. God, you get honor. We glorify you, God. Nobody can do this but God. No one can work this way
2: except the Lord our God. Who could do this? Only God gets glory, and God, we give it to you freely.
0: I'm going to channel my inner Don Coleman. I'm going to say whatever you're feeling right now, just hold on a second. Hold on a second. I don't want you to miss this. God is doing something. This is more than just a nice story. The way that it came together, the way that God worked in their story, the way that God brought them together to be in this room that I'm in now, recording on the microphone, the way that this two-and-a-half-hour recording was packaged so neatly into three by the creativity of God. God is doing something and he does not want you to miss it. Now, after Colin John shared at Easton Fellowship, Don Coleman got up and he stopped us. And what his challenge was was essentially this now that you have heard this story, now that you have heard how God not only has worked, but how he can work. What are you going to do about it? How is your life going to be different today, knowing what you know now? Because here's the thing, if we just hear a story and smile or clap or cheer, and then move on with our lives, it's kind of like that parable of the person who looks in the mirror to see what they look like and immediately forgets. We need to look into this story that Kyle and John have opened up to us, that God has expertly crafted. We need to look at it and really look hard and say, what does this say about God in my life? What does this say about what God is doing for me? What does this say about what God is doing around me? And how can I walk from this moment different? How can I walk from this moment seeking God more fully? How can I walk from this moment choosing to believe that maybe this God is real? Maybe this God does work. That is the opportunity that is available to you right now, this moment, is the God of the universe is touching this spot in time in your life. And he wants to show you that everything that you think you know about yourself, everything you think you know about life, everything you think you understand about how life works, he knows a better way. He knows life to the fullest. He has created you for something bigger than anything you have ever experienced in your life, abundantly more than you can ask or think. And this moment is a moment to take a step towards that. So whatever you're doing, stop, pause, sit in the presence of God because he is here. So God, I thank you that you are God and you are good. And I do invite the Holy Spirit now going through these waves of sound into the ears of the listener, Lord. Holy Spirit, work. If there is something that you said that this person, this listener needs to stop and think about or to rehear, put those words back on their mind. Because this isn't about simple stories. This isn't about feeling good. This is about the God of the universe showing us that there is a better way, that there is a full life, that he has created us for a purpose, and that he deserves all glory and honor. And these are all things that we can't come across on our own, that we can't understand on our own. But God, you are giving us the gift of guiding us in that, of taking us on that journey. So Holy Spirit speak. God be glorified. Let was pray in his holy and precious name. Amen. And listen, if God works right now in you today, share that story. Because Colin John's story is going out and God is using it in powerful ways, and your story is powerful as well. Share that story. And if you don't feel like you have a story, it's time to start looking. Because God is crafting a story, just like John didn't know that a story was unfolding when he got off that elevator, God is crafting a story in your life now that he wants to show you. So sit in this space with God. Look for God. Make time every day to ask, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash where did you see God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of their music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?